0: It's December 31st, 2008, and this is The Candid Frame. Welcome to the last episode of The Candid Frame for 2008. Before I introduce you to today's guests, I wanted to thank you for being such devoted listeners and supporters of The Candid Frame. For almost three years, I've been putting together this show, and despite various challenges I've faced trying to get a show up and live, it's always been you, the listeners that helped inspire me to make the time to make another episode. There's not a whole lot of glory or even money involved in putting out this podcast, but what makes the effort worth it is the knowledge that I'm helping photographers like you to further your passion for photography, and in some cases encouraging you to follow your dreams. There are few things more gratifying than knowing you've helped even in a small way to encourage someone to make their life's passion their life's work. So thank you, and I hope you have a great 2009. Today's guest is Jim Motke, and Jim is the founder of BetterPhoto.com and is the author of the recent book, The Better Photo Guide to Photographing Children. Now, I've enjoyed working alongside with Jim for the last several years at Better Photo, but what I admire most about him is not only his passion for photography, but his unrelenting pursuit to make his dream a reality and to help others do the same. The joy of photography is obviously found in creating and sharing images, but I think Jim exemplifies the idea that there's also joy to be found in helping others to discover the passion of creativity in themselves. So sit back and enjoy our conversation with Jim Motke. All right, well, welcome to the Candid Frame, Jim.
1: Hey, thank you, Baronex. Thanks for having me on the show.
0: So let's talk about your beginnings as a photographer. You began with a, a camera that I I loved, which was the was the Pentax Emi Super. I read. Um, how did <laughs> That's right. how did you come into that camera, and and what really excited you about you know the photography?
1: Well, um, my first experience, like many, was a uh, photo one and photo two uh, class in high school, and for that, you know, I just had to go out and get a, a manual camera. And went to San Jose Camera, and they set me up, and, and uh, I, I didn't really have much knowledge about it, so I just kind of went with what they recommended, and man, I love that camera. It was great. Yeah. It became yeah. like an extension.
0: <laughs> what did you find yourself being attracted to in terms of subject matter? I, from looking at your work, it seems like you do a lot. You do a lot of people stuff. You do landscape. Uh, but what were the first things that, that appealed to you in terms of subject matter?
1: That's a great question, Ebaranos. Because um, what was really interesting about my first experience with that high school photography was that at the time it was mainly focused on developing in the darkroom, and to be honest, I was kind of disappointed. Um, many photographers find that a great joy; they they enjoy the magical moment of seeing a latent image come to the surface, but you know, it wasn't really for me, I didn't enjoy the chemicals, the smell, being in this dark room, and I really just wanted to get out shooting, and I, I felt a great lack of instruction on really what to shoot and how to shoot, um, you know, but just the actual photographic technique, and I think that kind of laid the seed for, you know, my own future development with uh, trying to help people understand what to shoot, so at the time... I really struggled, you know, but i you know just beginning i I come from a big family, so I photographed my uh, nieces and nephews and brothers and sisters and and I photographed landscapes and nature and and it 's funny because over the years that 's kind of what i 've come back to is uh, photographing kids and and people and uh, nature and landscapes are those are my favorite subjects now
0: well you make a good point about when when you 're learning photography like in school or even in in college oftentimes you're being taught primarily the the mechanics of shooting Mm -hmm. you know how to understanding shutter speed and aperture and processing film but uh, there may not be as much of an emphasis on on you know creativity you know i mean you may learn stuff about composition and lighting but but that particular aspect of how to make a successful image is really something that is really kind of hard to learn in a, in a classroom environment. How did you educate yourself in terms of developing your eye?
1: Well, it's it's hard to learn, like you say, and it's hard to teach. And I, I think that's why, you know, there's that emphasis on the technical. It's just, you know, it's it's just something that comes more readily to be able to explain. And so um, what I did for, for my own purposes is a lot of it was just the school of hard knocks, you know, and trial and error. And I remember that, the biggest probably moment of uh, change and and resolution for me was after I came back from one vacation, uh, my wife Denise and I took a seven-week bicycling trip through England, Scotland, and France. We combined the bikes and the trains, and man, we had an adventure. It was just great. But when I got home, you know, yeah, the artistic level, the, the creativity level of the photos as well as many technical issues was just subpar by all means. it was just very disappointing and and I think that was the catalyst that really spun me into uh a uh, full time self education and so I just combined you know trial and error with you know reading books, finding whatever I could find that was um you know on the subjects of composition and uh and the artistic side of photography so and that just really opened the doors. It was great, you know, and, and uh, one thing led to another, and before I knew it, I was swept up in photography again.
0: What, um, when you started working professionally and, and doing stuff for uh, in photography as, as a professional, um, mm-hmm. how was that transition, you know, for you? Because I think it's, you know, we often talk about it, particularly with the students that we have at Better Photo who aspire to become professional photographers. The number one question is, you know, am i ready you know really? and <laughs> yes. and so how about how, how was that moment for for you did you sort of question yourself and just jump in or or what that's was that process question like question for you
1: again. yeah that's a great question again barionix um you know the 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 answer short and sweet is that you're never going to be ready and and so you just got to do it i i recommend to anyone you know you just you just got to start doing it somewhere and yes, it may be painful at times, but the rewards are great and you just got to get going. You can't wait for all your ducks to be lined up in a perfect row. When, when I made that transition, I was working at a camera store and I just started taking clients. And boy, I tell you, it, it was a great case of you don't know what you don't know mm-hmm. until you really try it. <laughs> and so I had some... I had some painful experiences, um, you know photographing client events and and just uh, having the results be uh, frankly embarrassing. But you know I, I made it through it, and you know just kept using some of the some of the basic principles
0: <clears throat>
1: and um, and you know you get through those difficult times, and you know you just try not to do any really crucial things that cannot be repeated like a wedding. You know, you can do outdoor portraits if that's your gig or whatever's your personal arena, but do it in, in as many ways as you can where if there's a mistake, it's not going to be, you know, life-stopping. You know, yeah, <laughs> but you, you definitely can't wait. You have to go for it.
0: Like you said, um, you can make a lot of mistakes early on. What was the biggest mistake that you made that you learned the biggest lesson from 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 those early years?
1: Oh man, how many? Uh, you know, I I <laughs> we didn't, we didn't get down just to one. Um I would say though that uh, probably, you know, one of the one of the biggest mistakes that I made was just um not photographing enough, you know, not uh you know, just just thinking that I got one shot and then moving on. But uh you, you know, just I learned through practice to hedge my bets. And, um, also to watch that shutter speed, you know, that, that was one of the key things, especially in photographing kids, people, you know, outdoor portraits, weddings. Oh man, you know, if you, you just got that, uh, you know, slightly soft camera shake experience. Great. You know, you get a great portrait. It looks awesome. And then it's a little soft, you know? So, I quickly developed the habit of getting into the continuous shooting mode, shooting a lot, and watching that shutter speed and keeping it really sharp if I can. Yeah.
0: Well, speaking about kids, you just released a new book on photographing children. And yeah. um I think that's one of the biggest reasons, at least families, buy a, a digital SLR, you know, because they have mm-hmm. a new child and they're photographing kids. And you got, you know, three kids of your own that, that keep you and Denise very busy, I'm sure. But yes. You know what what did you find? Cuz you were probably photographing kids before you had your own kids. But what did the introduction of your own family mean to you in terms of your photography?
1: Oh, big big revolution. You're you're right that, you know, before I would I would photograph niece's nephews friends, but um but when we adopted our first child, um you know, and got that uh Family thing going, I felt a major shift in my in my um, number one favorite subject. I mean, it probably goes without saying, but you know, before then, I would photograph anything and everything, and kind of kind of geared towards nature. And oh, I loved being out in a in a national park. But once we got that going, you know, it's just like writing or any other creative art. You you work on what you love. And uh when I met my son i I just completely fell in love and and I just that was the subject for me for for the uh upcoming years and right now, I'm at a point where I enjoy photographing um nature and the kids equally you know I think it's it's when I get out into you know the great outdoors, it's just a fantastic wonderful relief and and maybe I enjoy it even more as a as a little vacation and uh and then when i'm back at home photographing the kids it's it's a constant constant pleasure and and uh i never leave home without my camera I always take it with me for those possible kid shots
0: yeah how did you how did you find that your pho- photography of children changed as a result of you, know, you having your own you know homebound subject matter
1: oh well <clears throat> you know um there's uh, a few things I did. One is I set up a home studio in my garage and uh, I was just, you know, always wanted to have something on hand. And so if the kids were playing dress up or doing something fun, you know, I could just sort of steer them out to the garage for a quick shot and, you know, five, 10 minutes we'd, we'd have that documented for the the family album. Yeah. So, you know, there was, there was some shifts in, in kind of what I set up at home um, I, I definitely focused a lot more on shooting fast and, and figuring out ways to combat that phenomenon where, you know, they just, they just quickly become conditioned to getting their photograph taken in a bad way, you know, where they either come to, uh, you know, not look forward to it or they feel like, um, they have to put on this fake smile kind of thing. So, so I, I quickly found that I had to get much more creative in, like, actually how to manage people, little people. But but how to manage people? How to how to make them enjoy a moment, and how to make them feel natural? So we get those genuine expressions instead of that, you know, kind of cheese sort of look. Yeah.
0: So how do you? So, so how do you? So how do you just do that you know because a lot of people struggle with that because they either have children who you know put on the the forced smile or are very resistant to to being photographed and then you know the parents of the photographer become all the more frustrated trying to get their children to you know relax and produce so they can yeah. produce the natural result. It's it's a real challenge what's what are some of the tips that you have for being able to do that
1: Sure, yeah, the answer is multifaceted you know there's There's many different things, and um, it all depends on on the kid. you know one child may be just naturally shy, one child may just have been conditioned by uh, an overbearing controlling photographer like myself <laughs> <laughs> so you know some of the things are first off you know you 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 try to work with their schedule and you kind of have to put it off you know your own personal selfish needs and you know if you're working with an infant um, you know you you're on their schedule completely and so if if they if they need food or a nap or um, they're just not you know if they're feeling cranky you just got to come back and you know when the child gets a little bit older similar things happen where you you have to kind of pay attention to how they're feeling and Keep the shoot very short, so that you know it, it continues to be a fun endeavor as they grow up, and they don't come to think of you know every time dad or mom pulls out that camera, it's the you know sort of ugh, it's photo time. Mm. You know you want them to think of it as a really fun time, and and then also um, I I uh, invite them to come after I'm done shooting and. And look at the photos at the back of the camera, and I, I tell you, you know that that just works like a charm with all three of my kids, but especially my daughter Alina. She loves to look at photos so much that you know she actively goes out of her way to try to have her picture taken. Oh. <laughs> now, just so she can enjoy that. The one other really big tip that I I can't um, I can't fail to mention is. That you need to get help whenever you can, and i think I think at least you know eighty ninety percent of us photographers are lone wolves we you know we're not necessarily people people, and we uh, we kind of keep to ourselves i I think you know photography is um, is uh, attractive to shy people because we get to kind of hide behind the camera. But um, when it comes to photographing people and especially kids, if you can team up with someone, your life is going to be way better, and your your e far greater. Mm. And so you, you you get someone. If you have a spouse who's willing to just kind of hang out behind your camera and and uh, get the kids' attention in any goofy way he or she can, you know that that makes such a world of difference
0: and I think when you and I think it's something to be said that the photographer can't be shy about coming off goofy himself or herself you know yeah. I think that's really important
1: it is it is it makes people feel comfortable if you if you're all serious and you know intent on you know all the technical aspects that you got to be focusing and concentrating on you know that um, that definitely is not conducive and and also you want to be genuine though too. So it, it's a really challenging and wonderful um, endeavor where you know you you do have to pay attention to you know your art and what you're doing, but you have to be having fun. And and if you start conversing with the subject, it has to be real. They they will you know they will smell um, a faker a mile away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So you have to just, you know, be really uh, really interacting with them. And so, you know, it's it's a major juggling act.
0: Yeah, I, I often find that, that I like enjoying photographing kids while they're busy doing something that they take pleasure in, you know. And, oh, yeah. And, and building the, the, the photo shoot around that because, you know, mm-hmm. you allow them to, to play, which is really, I think, really important. But you can just talk to them yeah. about what they're doing, and it seems like... The priority becomes less the photography than, you know, sharing some playtime with, with with them.
1: Absolutely, that is so true, Ibarionis. It's it's definitely right there. You know, if, if there's some creative artistic uh, activity that they enjoy, you know, building sandcastles on the beach or, or just you know playing with their toys out in the backyard. Yeah, you do it around that. If if not you have to have that same sense of play. So, you know, you joke around, you, you have a few knock-knock jokes up your sleeve, or, you you know, you, you just kind of, you have to become a kid again yourself and, and enjoy playtime,
0: Yeah. and then you
1: can get some great photos.
0: Well, you see a, a lot of photographs of children come through Better Photo, because uh, not the least of which is because of the photo contest. And yeah. you know you yeah. see thousands and thousands of images. What what are some of the things that you that really excite you about photographs of children? Um, when you see them, you know when you see a great shot come in. Are there are a couple of qualities that you see in those photographs mm. that really kind of stand out for you?
1: Absolutely, and, and I'm glad you mentioned the photo contest because many of the photos in in the, my recent book, The Better Photo Guide to Photographing Children, were captured by contest. Um, finalists and winners, and so you know for a great part of the book um, for the this is uh, the first book in in the series where you know we 've invited as many contributors as we have, and they came from the contest and it 's simply because those those photos that that uh, that get up to the upper levels in that contest are amazing, and they 're so inspiring so you know, I just I just find some of the things that I find right away are eye contact, the very simple technical one, but, you know, th- there is an occasional time when a photo where the child is looking to the side or looking down, especially like when they're doing what you talked about, you know, they're engaged in play, mm-hmm. that that can work out really well. But nine times out of ten, if the if the gaze is going off to the side, it just doesn't feel satisfying to the viewer, and, and um, so, you know, often, too, you know, it's because the mom is off to the side or the photographer is off to the side, and so it's, it's just a technical issue of that challenge. You get eye contact right away. That's, that's a big one. If you get the natural, genuine expression, you know, you're capturing that split second, that moment where they are just so in the now, that that's like incredibly engaging too. And then I also love a lot of the uh, qualities that come up in any photography, regardless of what arena, for example, a great use of the rule of thirds on a further back shot. If the child's at the beach, you know, enjoying the, the waves and you have them in the lower left corner or the upper right corner and you're including this environment where it, it, uh, supports and balances the star of your of your photo the child and that again it's just so pleasing so you know some of those are are the big qualities it's it's very infrequently very infrequently is it the after post processing kind of things like softening or doing that but that can also add a nice touch but you have to have the basic foundation down
0: first yeah and I think one of the one of the things that I always I find is 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 being aware of where you're photographing um, uh-huh. kids because a lot of people can get so focused on the child itself that they're not paying attention to the lighting and to the background mm-hmm. and oftentimes yeah. those two things make a huge difference in the success of the photograph. What are mm-hmm. some of the things that you think are really important to consider in terms of those two things? You know, is it uh where's a good place to to to, to photograph a, a child in terms of lighting and background, oh. do you think?
1: Well, you know, those are so important. And I find that, you know, the, the location, as far as the background, um, it, it's, it can be in your own backyard. You know, it, it can be, you know, on a, a beautiful set of some playground or, you know, some special place. But the key things are uh, simplicity you know, you don't want a lot of clutter going on, and and if you do have a lot of clutter in the background, you definitely have to use your aperture to uh, isolate your focus, and you can therefore, you know, make a big deal, but I, I think the key thing is what you've already brought up, that you just have to be aware of it and be paying attention to your background so that there's no, you know, major clutter back there. You also don't want any real bright highlights, so You know, when I'm, you know, my favorite photos are like um, there's just a really dark gray sky in the background, or something where there's not a lot of bright specular highlights and not not a lot of clutter. But no matter what I do, um, almost all the time I'm photographing with a very very small f-number, so it's a large aperture, but a very very small f-number to get minimum depth of field. And there's two reasons for that. One is to isolate that background and keep it nice and blurry, but the other is to keep that shutter speed fast, which is, you know, we all know the real the real challenge of photographing any fast moving subjects, especially in sort of a low light. You need to uh, have that relationship of a small f number, fast shutter speed. Yeah. So that's all about the background. The the light is so much. The, uh, that's the magic of it, isn't it? And, um, you know, for that, there's a few things I love photographing in the last light of the day. You know, you just got that beautiful sunset going on, but you just turn 90 degrees or 180 degrees away and you photograph your subject being illuminated by that beautiful pink glow. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then, uh, you know, the morning in the sunrise, if you happen to be out and it's, kind of warm enough to be playing outside. You just enjoy that beautiful morning and and afternoon light. And then, sometimes surprisingly to many, uh, a bright overcast day can be really gorgeous, and especially if you use a reflector. And some of my favorite photos of, of our three kids are when I'm photographing on a bright overcast day and I use the gold side of a reflector to have a nice, gold, warm light coming into the shadow side of their face and it just it just looks like a a movie photo It looks like a you know a professional still shot and and you just that's when it really makes you you uh, just cherish
0: the moment yeah yeah and what i like about a lot of your images is that you're not afraid to get in really close i mean you have some great pictures of your kids on your site where you just are right in their faces and all, those, all three of those kids have the most amazing eyes, which you take great okay. advantage of when you, when you get in really close, you know, and, with, and you're using a very limited depth of field to bring attention to, just to the, the, the features of the face.
1: Absolutely. When I first started Better Photo um, in 1996, uh, you know, just trying to do that, that same technique of write about what you love, I posted my top 10 photography tips and the number one tip is move in closer. And for every kind of photography that has, has uh, you know, greatly improved the results of my work. Some people argue that there are times when you can get in too close. And I, I find that so rare that, you know, I just encourage everyone to don't worry about it. You know, so often you're going to think you're close enough and you're not. You're going to get the photos back, you're going to look at them, and, and you are going to, you or your viewers are not going to feel the same impact. So, yeah, there, there are times when my little ones come up close to me and get right in the, in the lens, and then they're too close. I, I can't even focus. They're so close. But other than that, oh, yeah, moving close, and, and you can get those, uh, those uh, photos that really have the wow. Factor. Yeah. and you get in close to the features or or uh, objects that really stand out the most to you. And, and so you're right. If you're looking at your child and you just say, "Look at those amazing eyes with those great big eyelashes," yeah, get in really close.
0: Yeah, and, and, also and you can have that t- impact. And you also shoot these great detail shots of their feet or their hands and, <laughs> and things like that. A lot of people yeah. kind of, you know, don't ever, you know, think about photographing and they can be just as great in telling, uh, as telling a photograph as a, f- a picture of the face.
1: Well, the inclination, you know, when you're viewing something beautiful, like your child or the scene they're playing in, the inclination is to try to get one shot that kind of captures it all. And, you know, so you You're just um trying to be too inclusive and and again you look at the results and translating that three dimensional experience into a two dimensional photo with you know a four by six kind of limited border, it's just there's no way it can it can convey the same emotional feeling so I recommend that yeah you you can photograph a great overall scene, your child at play. But then do definitely go in close to every detail that really charms you in some way. That you know, if it's if it's their little toes in the sand, or you know, if it's their tiny little hand as they're gripping onto you know the thumb or forefinger of their parent, um, and and then you have a collage, and you have this um, collection of images and details that tell the complete story, you know, in a photo essay, mm-hmm. and that's. That's so much more effective than trying to get one shot that conveys it all,
0: yeah well one of the things I wanted to talk to you about was about bitter photo and and it's it started off as a as a newsletter isn't that right?
1: Well, um, the very beginning it started off as just a simple one page explanation of what I thought were the the ten things that would help beginning photographers out the most. And and it was motivated, again, kind of by what we talked about at the beginning. You know, the my, my beginning photography classes being very focused on technical darkroom developing kind of issues. And it was also focused on the fact that at the time, the, the camera stores, um, you, you know, it was hard to get honest answers. Everyone was pushing their own product. You know, and I know that some still do that, but you know. So I, I wanted honest answers for budding photographers, and a friend of mine introduced me to the web. It was very new back then, and and I just I just uh, I flipped with excitement at this idea that you could publish your own photos and your own written work, and um, and so I, I yeah, it started off with the top ten photography tips and people started emailing questions right away and started getting quite a correspondence going so I put up a forum had a Q&A and then a little while after that we had uh, the, uh, uh, an image uploading component I figured out how to allow people to upload their own photos and this was back in 1996-1997 so things were just getting going and, and a little bit after that then we started off a weekly newsletter and, and, um, and then, you know, pretty soon after that, we developed websites for photographers allowing, you know, this sort of turnkey solution where people could get on the web and go back to taking pictures without having to get totally uh, bogged down by, you know, web technical HTML stuff. <clears throat> and also without having to rely on a web developer that would take months to get a photo, uh, a website together. That was our first product. That was the, the brain trap of Denise, my wife. And then shortly after that, we started offering courses, and, and uh, we had the contest. And so, you know, you know, it's, it's become this, this, uh, this thing that's gone beyond my wildest dreams.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think it's, it's really kind of amazing, because whenever I mention, you know, better photo, they go, photography, teaching photography online, how do you do that? You
1: know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so how yeah, do you do it, that? That's what I. Yeah, that's a good question. That's what I get too a lot. on it. it's um, it's uh, you know, there's just a, a natural tendency to think that to not be able to imagine how it's possible, but it's really simple. And and um, you know, as you know, we we uh, have these four and eight week classes where people can uh, you know sign up. And they don't have to be in any particular web page or chat room at any particular time. It's it's just that they get a lesson once a week. And then the student at the end of the lesson has a photo assignment that pushes them out the door. And so the student gets to go shoot and practice, you know, that technique, just like what we've been talking about. It might be on child photography or it might be on depth of field and aperture. And, um, they have a week to 10 days to go photograph that in, in and around their hometown or on a vacation if they're going on a trip. And then when they're done, they upload the results, and a fantastic instructor um, gets to review their work and tells them, uh, you know, yeah, you're right on, or, you know, if you would have moved a little bit to the left, gives them the, the direct feedback that ho- allows them to learn very, very quickly. How to make great photos?
0: Yeah, so you know, I I think it's the best way to learn photography. And one of the things, I, and you know, I enjoy most uh, about it, and in and, mm-hmm. and why I've been so pleased to be part of it is the community that's created. I mean, I've had a lot of opportunities to participate in workshops, and you know, and, and teach photography elsewhere. But what <laughs> really amazes me is the, the community that's been built here. Um, yeah. Particularly yeah. between the photographers and and the and, and the students that take the classes or attend, you know the photographic summit. And oftentimes, I've seen where you go to these workshops, and there seems to be this sort of hierarchy. I mean, here you have these photographers mm-hmm. that seem to might as might as well have just stepped off of Mount Olympus, you know, and, uh, then, ev- and then everybody else. But there seems like whenever. I have an opportunity to get together with you know with the photographers and, and the students like at the, at, at the summit. It seems like yeah. there's this dynamic of everyone is a peer. Everyone loves photography, and there's no there's no oh here are the pros and here are the amateurs. Here are the great photographers. And here are the good photographers. It seems like it's just an equal collection of people who are just passionate about photography, which is one of the things that I I, I really love and I think is unique about about Better Photo. How did, how do you how Thank did you, you. Uh, sort of achieve that? Thank you.
1: Well, um, I totally agree with you that that it's so important, and, and I see the same thing. And you know, the the biggest contributor to that, I, I believe, is that we've we've just encouraged from day one an openness, and we've discouraged you know that that sort of snobby quality that you, you might find elsewhere, and and. Um, you know, there's there's just no room for a big ego kind of thing here. When we look for instructors, we look for people that are, you know, fantastic photographers with stunning work, and we look for, you know, photographers who have published great how-to books and um, magazine articles. You know, they really know how to communicate with the written word. But maybe even more importantly than those two, we look for people who just, you know, are really easy-going, friendly, humble. They have that quality of, of wanting to generously contribute and help people out. You know, instead of feeling the, whether it's, um, you know, kind of a sense of uh, intimidation or uh, a sense of um, insecurity, That causes them to have to prove themselves. There's just no place for that at Better Photo. Um, You know, to to wax philosophical, I I love to think about the word community, and and its root, um, and and, you know, similar words like communion, and and that when you boil it all down, it, it means one. It's just about oneness, and for a big group of people to be united and feel like they're they're all helping each other out you know there's no room for ego so it's it's just people that are being very supportive and encouraging and and um, you know when we do get the occasional person you know being unhelpful to a, an extra degree you know there there's definitely a place for constructive criticism everybody needs that you know you want people to honestly tell you you know when you really need to learn some basic technique or something. But, but you know, everybody's seen it when people are, are non-constructive in their criticism, and that's just not really tolerated. But we, you know, we, we support an encouraging environment, and that that develops that sense of ofness and community. And I know exactly what you mean. I see it online every day, the support, the friendships that people from around the world have have developed, and then I see it in the Better Photo Summit. When we all get together it's just it's so it's so thrilling to see yeah. people joining forces and and helping each other because it's, it's a fun thing to do photography, but it's also challenging, so we have our own little support it's, it's a great family
0: yeah, I imagine that probably one of the most gratifying things about you know having done this from you know teaching and, and creating betterphoto dot com is how mm-hmm. Transformational it's been in some people's lives because I know a lot of people who have ended up becoming professional photographers or or have made big life changes as a result of embracing f- photography. Um,
1: that's exactly true. Yeah, th- that's exactly true. It's it's just um, you know the the two things are are uh, the the core of our instructors like yourself. You know we have such a great group and. It's one of my favorite things. It's it's uh, it's a great support for us. And then, you know, the same sort of team feeling with the community. Um, you know, when I get an email from a person that has said that they've made a great friend or they're just really grateful for that community, it, it means a lot to me. And, you know, a few months ago, someone emailed, uh, a, a good Better Photo member emailed and said that they had just found something they had found a part of themselves that had been missing for many years. And I thought, wow, that was, that just, that kind of feedback is the thing that really, you know, it's like gold to me. It's worth more than anything.
0: Hmm. You know, one of the things mm-hmm. I admire about you, Jim, is that you are always, you know, pursuing your dreams and in, in, in your, in your ideas. You know, regardless of sort of the challenges that are, that are faced by you, you are just so, you're so gung-ho about pursuing <laughs> and making things and, and trying to make and making things happen, you know, which is, you. is a great example to see. But I think it also speaks to the sort of passion that everyone has, whether they're following photography or music, is that they have a, a dream, they have a desire in them, and sometimes they let, you know, the real world or life or obstacles sort of stand in, stand in their way. What is it, What do you right. think is, is sort of key for, you know, for... You know, for making those things happen, what what is the sort of sort of mantra that you follow? because you know I, I, a lot of people would be daunted by some of the obstacles that you face, but that you seem to have surmounted anyway
1: yeah, well, um, that's a good question too mean there's, there's so many good things in that um, and thank you first of all for the compliment's very nice and um, you know I think one of the big things is to be sort of forward forward looking um, you know, I, I make mistakes and I, I just try not to dwell on it too much and, and I keep my sight looking toward the future. I'm very, very, um, interested in goals. Um, you know, my friends and family kid me uh, about it, that it's, it's almost a, a ridiculous obsession. I might make lists of goals constantly and almost obsessively. Um, so I'm, I'm always looking towards that and and kind of going along with that, if I can get on my soapbox for a minute, I I find it incredibly distressing the way the news media is, is uh, you know, geared to talk about bad things and bad future, bad economic times, and all sorts of stuff. So, you know, I don't watch the news. I don't read the news. I get enough of my news from friends and family that tell me what's going on. And and then I I do that to keep my mind as pure as possible so I can – you know, uh, stay as, uh, fresh and clear and, and, uh, positive and confident as possible. You know, at Better Photo, we, we realized recently that, yes, we're about helping people enjoy photography, but our true purpose, our true mission is to help people say yes to their creative dreams. You know, whatever they are, uh, our, our goal is to help millions of people say yes. And, and break through those kind of barriers that you that you refer to. You know, break through any sort of inhibition that would keep them. Um, break through any sort of procrastination that would allow someone to say, um, "Nah, you know, I'll I'll take up photography, you know, in five years when I'm retired." Now, you know, you got to do it now. Today is the day. Get out there if, if you're feeling that creative urge, you know, and it doesn't have to be photography. If it's music, you want to learn the guitar or painting or learning a new language. Um, there's no place for a deferred lifestyle. You know, you, today's the day, carpe diem. You, know, you got to enjoy it now if you can. And, and, uh, and if you just really feel like you can't write at this moment, maybe there's one step you can take. You know, maybe you can go to the camera store and talk to someone about, you know, what would be a good camera to start with my photographic hobby, you know, or, or maybe you can, you know, just get a book and, uh, whatever you do, you start taking steps and, and that's kind of, those are some of the key things, you know, keeping an optimistic look at the future and, and surrounding yourself with positive people. And, and, um, you know, I have my ups and downs just like everybody else, but, uh, but I definitely do really try to keep forging ahead and, and enjoying, um, trying to climb the next peak, you know, mm-hmm. what's, what's the next summit. And, and, uh, it, it really brings me a great deal of, um, personal enjoyment. And so I'm, I'm grateful for that. And, uh, it's, it's, that's exactly how I feel about 2009. You know, the best is yet to come.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. Well, the last yeah. question I always save is, um, I ask each photographer on the show to recommend another photographer for listeners to discover and explore. So who would that be for you oh, wow. and why?
1: Oh, oh, that's a tough one for me. Cause I, I'd, <laughs> I'd love to recommend about 10 or 20, 30 instructors and, and photographers. on. Um, you know i i I admire you a great deal E-Bionics. i i think if someone is interested in photography, you know you have the inspiration and the vision and the passion um you know so i i think that it really comes down to a personal choice um uh, i i love art wolf i i think art is not only a great photographer but he is uh, he's just a great guy He's just a really warm, personable, friendly guy. And and if people uh, tune into his TV show uh, Travels to the Edge or or just, uh, you know, enjoy his photography and his work, um, he's a great guy. But, um, you know, it, it really is a personal choice because it depends. You kind of got to find out for yourself what, what arena are you in. And that's really tough for people just getting going because you have to shoot it. I feel, you have to shoot it to know what you are. But if you shoot street photography like you or photojournalistic, then you're going to be drawn to a different kind of role model. And if you shoot nature, you know, or or photographing children, um, you know, I could I could name a whole bunch of different people, Vic Ornstein and and, uh, and Jim Zuckerman and Tony Sweet and Brenda Tharp, you know. We just, we got so many role models in front of us, and I do recommend that people uh, find at least a few and and model them. If you really want to be the best, the shortest way to do it is to, you know, find someone and send them an email and just start talking to them and get to know, you know, how they think, what they do. Do they spend 165 days a year out in the field? You know, can you do that? um, do they, do they just think about imagery a certain way? Like you, you know, I know that you don't leave the, the, the house without your camera mm-hmm. and that means a lot to me. So I, I take that and when I hear that, I go, yep, that's it. I got to do that. <laughs> so that, there's a, there's a few, I know I kind of pushed the boundary there.
0: <laughs> that's okay. But, but thank you so much, Jim. And, and I wish you the the very best in 2009.
1: Thank you so much, E. Happy Holidays of 2009 to you, too. Thanks for having me on.
0: Thanks again for joining me for another episode of The Candid Frame. If you have any comments or suggestions, email me at thecandidframe at gmail.com or post a message on the blog at thecandidframe.com. And for those members of Facebook, I've recently signed on and have created a user group there for The Candid Frame. So you can find me and that group there. So please sign on. And uh, hopefully we can create uh, a dialogue about this show and all things photography. So, happy 2009. Until the next time, this is Ervarian X Pirello, and this is The Candid Frame. Check out this show and more great photography podcasts at photocastnetwork.com photocastnetwork.com